Amen. Yeah. Wow. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Hey, welcome. My name is Pastor Stephen. I am excited today. I'm pumped up. God is good, and he is in the business of doing the miraculous. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Hey, if you're joining us for the first time, this is a brand new series, a great time for you to be stepping in. We're going to be talking about the miraculous and how good God is. And you guys, I'm standing evidence of the miracles of God. I should have been dead, but I have my life. I should have been in bondage, but I have my freedom. I should have lost my family, but I have my beautiful wife and kids. And God is so good. He is good. Amen? Yeah. So, um, well, listen, we're going to be talking about different aspects of the miraculous. And what I'd like to ask a few questions as we dive in. And, and I want to ask some of you, how many of you, of you are in need of a miracle this morning? How many of you guys? Okay. There's two of me, two of my hands right here. All right. Um, and then th- th- I'm going to be diving into that this morning. The next week is going to be Amber. She's going to be asking the question of, do we believe that a miracle is possible? We're going to get to the issue of faith. Now, how many of you in here have maybe asked God for a miracle? And it just it hasn't come to life yet. It hasn't been birthed yet. And, 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 and maybe you've given up on that miracle. Maybe you've released it. Uh, anybody in here have done that in their life before? I, I have as well. And then finally, we're going to conclude. Oh, by the way, that the weekend that we're talking about releasing a miracle, Mel's going to be delivering that message on the 21st, I believe. And that evening is going to be the Winter Wonderland. I'm going to be speaking there. I'm so pumped. I'm excited. It's a great time to invite your friends. And oh my gosh, there's going to be a sleigh ride. There's going to be uh, Frozen showing on the big screen. We're going to have Olaf, the actual character there, Anna and Elsa. We still need one more young lady to do it. I, I think I already cherished is signed up to be on or else. I don't, can't, I don't can't, I can remember which one, but uh, it's going to be, oh my gosh, it's going to be incredible. We're going to be giving away prizes and Xbox. There's going to just be all kinds of fun to be had. I think we're going to try to get food trucks there. Uh, so it's going to be, it's going to be a big event. We're going to get on the radio. We're just going to really push and really just put our necks on the line and risk for the kingdom of God, amen? So in, that, in the hopes that somebody could give their hearts to Jesus. So that's the 21st. And then finally, I'll be concluding this series uh, at the end of this month. We're going to be talking about what miracle you received, okay? We're actually going to hear the testimony of people who've received their miracle in the audience. And it's going to be great because it's going to build your faith. But I'm here to tell you that God is in the business of the miraculous. He answers prayers. And I got to tell you, um, you know, that if you're looking at that video, you see just, uh, just how much joy and how precious it is, it is to have children. It kind of makes me want to have another baby, but I don't know if, I, 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 I don't know if Amber's down for that just yet, but, uh, but uh, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just this beautiful thing, and, and it makes you emotional, but that, that day was nothing but uh, perfect, man. The drama unfolded, and man, it swerved on us. And what happened is when Amber uh, started having some mild contractions and the water broke, we went in there, and the doctor's just trying to speed. They're like a, it's like a machine over there. They try to speed you through the process. They plug you in all these drugs that um, caused all kinds of these complications. And then the readings and the vital signs of Kaiulani uh, started going wacko. And um, we're just starting to like, whoa, what's what's going on here? And then that's when we just started to become really concerned and the fear set in. 
And man, it, we spent 32 hours in labor fighting the doctor on C-section because we didn't want to go there. We knew how, how dangerous that can be and the problems it can cause in the future um, childbirth. And so we fought it and fought it. And finally, it's like we had no other place to go. And man, talk about scary, you know, walking your wife into the um, emergency room and them strapping her down on a table that's like in the shape of a cross. I mean, how symbolic is that, right? Like putting her down on the altar and saying, God, she's not mine. I could lose my wife tonight. I could lose my baby girl tonight. Or I don't know if it was night or morning. I can't remember. It was, I was just there so long. Um, and they strapped her down. And I remember them, you know, the doctor said, okay, we're going in. And I remember seeing the blood hit the floor. And everything inside of me just wanted to bawl and weep. And I, I was about to lose it. I was losing it inside, but I had to be strong for Amber. I had to look her in the eye and be strong. And I was hoping and I was praying. I was in desperate need of a miracle. And you know what? If you want to ask me what my miracle is, it's my baby girl, Kayulani. Is she, is she here? Is she in the audience? Okay, we, we probably took her. Oh, she, there she is, everybody. Let's give her a round of applause for this little miracle. Come here. Let's, let's show her it off. Come here, Kayulani. This. This. This is my physical evidence of the miraculous. Amen. Yeah? You want to say hi? Say hi. Okay, you're shy. Okay, go see Auntie Linda, okay? All right, let's give her a round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> she wants to go, Mom. Uh, but that's physical evidence right there. I'm physical evidence, and I'm sure we have all kinds of examples in our lives. I've received my miracle. I'm like praising God up here. I'm just like pumped. I'm excited. Um, but right now, let's talk about which miracle you need in your life, okay? So we're going to dive in. I need a little participation, though, this morning. How many of you ever needed something but didn't even realize you needed it until God gave it to you, okay? I'm talking like iPhone. What did I ever do? Without this iPhone, no, I'm just joking, but seriously, kind of. Uh, but what did I ever do without this iPhone or this smartphone, right? And it's just amazing. Or maybe, like me, you had children for the first time, and after you had children, you're like, this is a miracle that I didn't even know I needed, and it's changed the way I think, it's changed the way I process, and God has given me a miracle that I, I, didn't, I didn't even realize I needed. How many of you had that happen in your life? Yeah? All right. A lot of you got smartphones, so you can raise your hand on that one. <laughs> Um, how many of you believe God hasn't quite figured out what your miracle is because you don't got it yet? And you're just like, what are you doing, God? Is, is God distant? Does he even care what's going on? Like, hello? Okay, some of us are there. Some of us need a, a raise. We're in desperate need of a raise or even a job. Others of us are struggling with health issues that we don't know what's going to be like a year from now health-wise. And we're struggling. A lot of us are in need of a miracle. And so what I'd like to do this morning is I give you the opportunity here to mingle and just to get to know each other. But I would like you to go to somebody that's next to you or even better, across the room. And I want you to take a minute or two here just to talk about the miracle you've been praying for and the miracle you're believing God for. So why don't we just do that? Why don't we have some fun? Talk, share your name, what you do, all that good stuff. Go. Amen. Amen. Why don't you find your seat? We're going to jump back in here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you guys are so awesome. I love how you love the fellowship. 
Um, hey, by the way, we're going to have a lot of time to be doing that at a party we're throwing, a celebration, a barbecue coming up on the 14th. So I'll tell you more about that. Then don't let me forget to tell you about that, okay? All right? Uh, hey, listen, I, I have to bring something up to you uh, because as I was thinking through this message, I was wondering about what our thoughts are about ourselves concerning our needs. And, you know, typically I think that we, we believe, genuinely I think we believe that nobody knows our needs better than ourselves, right? See, if you get married, your spouse, and you're like, eh, sometimes they get it. I mean, I tell them what I need, and even then, you know, sometimes you don't get what you need. Or you have like a best friend, and, and, and they buy you a gift that... You, like, you put in your closet and you save later to give away to somebody else because it just has nothing to do with anything you want or like. I mean, how many of you have ever had that and regifted? Okay, I don't feel alone. I got a couple things in my closet. Um, <laughs> the key is not to give it back to the person that gave it to you or in a group where they see their gift that gave you going to somebody else, okay? So it's just a little tip there. I've done that before. It didn't work out too well. Um, but uh, yeah, sometimes we, we actually think that's how God is with us. We think God's distant. He, he doesn't have a clue of what I need. Or he, maybe he doesn't care. He's not interested. So we're going to dive into that. So uh, we're going to get to the root of that, that tension. And before we do that, let's, let's do the most powerful thing we can do this morning. Let's, let's pray. Let's invite the Holy Spirit here this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for just how good you are. Father, your, your mercy, it's new every morning. Uh, your, your miracles surround us, even though we don't sometimes see it or we don't remember how good you were to us, God, when you saved us, when you redeemed us, Lord. We just thank you that you're in this moment right now, that your presence is even now resting upon our hearts and our souls. Lord, I pray you open up our hearts so we can hear the word that you have to speak to us this morning, and we just pray that we would have a blast doing it. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. All right. Now, this is the main point, and I just want to drill it in your mind, is this. God is still in the business of the miraculous. Let me say it again. God is still in the business of the miraculous. Let's let's say it all to your neighbor out loud. God is still in the business of the miraculous. Amen. God's in it. He's doing it. He's doing miracles all around us, and I'm pumped. And so what we're going to do is we're going to open up God's Word. If you have a Bible busted out. Some of you techies have uh, smartphones. You have your Bible in there. You can download our app. It's awesome. Free Bible's in the back, but we're going to dive in, okay, because it's the Word of God, and we honor it, and it's our guidebook on how to live our lives. Amen? Um, So we're going to dive into Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 to 33, and what I want you to do is this month, I want you to write this down on a post-it note and put it on your refrigerator and every time you walk by, I want to challenge you just to, to really mull over what we've learning about this verse. I mean, stick it on your, uh, maybe stick it on your steering wheel as you drive, look down, and then maybe not, maybe not that one. That's probably not a good idea. Put it uh, somewhere where you can read it and focus and, and look at it. But let's read it together. Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 to 33. It says, the words of Jesus say, do not worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things, what? They dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above what? All else. And live righteously. And he will give you what? Everything. 
everything you need. That's the God we serve. And since you shared your miracle with somebody you were talking with and somebody you didn't get a chance to finish yet, but let's just, let's just popcorn it. Yell out the miracle you're trusting God for. What is it? Somebody boldly shout it out in faith. Better job. Better job. Okay, what else? Come on now. There we go. Amen. Come on, let's get a couple more here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Dude, I'm a, my miracle is a redemption song, and I'm living it right now, okay? You know, praise God. It's good. So Matthew chapter 6, let's take a look again specifically at the verse. What does this verse challenge us not to do about these things? By the way, what are these things? There's a material thing. It's right, food, clothing, cars, right? What, what does this verse in, chap, uh, in verse 31 tell us to not worry about, Right? It says, it says not to worry. That's the key word I'm trying to get at there. It says not to worry. But you're saying, oh, no, 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 Pastor Stephen, uh, gosh, you, know, you can't tell me not to worry about these things because I care about them, right? That's valid. I'm not going to judge you for that. God cares. He cares about what you need. But he says not to worry. Well, what, what does that specifically mean? What, what, what does that mean? Well, it, this is what I'm talking about. In, in verse 32, it says, these things dominate the thoughts, okay? That's what worry is, is, is allowing it to dominate and take a precedence over your trusting in God. And, and that's what we see when we go to Walmart. For example, I was uh, in Walmart. Uh, I was getting some wrapping paper for my sister-in-law. She sent me in the Dental Lions, and I didn't even know. I walked right into that one. And uh, I go in, and they've got this place cleared out. Like, there's going to be an MMA WWF brawl. I mean, there is space, like 20, 50 feet for the, the lot, checkout lines, and then these, these, these rows of, of saran-wrapped uh, crates of, of discounted TVs at $400 off. And, and you have, I'm little, and, and it's, this is going to happen like 20 minutes before like, I get to the checkout line, and people are just like wedged in, holding their spot. I mean, whole circles of people. Sitting and resting on that spot so when, they, when that buzzer goes, they can rip out their TVs. And, and, and man, I was just so glad <laughs> that I got out of there before this all went down. And the checkout lady's like, thank God I'm about to get off. I intentionally do that because this place gets crazy, right? And so, you know, this is what I'm talking about when I'm saying dominating the thoughts of unbelievers. That desperation of it's mine. I need this. I need that. Going and cutthroat and getting what you need in this life. God's saying, don't worry. Don't let that dominate your thoughts. Jesus challenges us to put our needs in perspective by putting him where? What does it say uh, in verse 33? Let's pull that up again. By putting him above what? All else. With a promise that if we trust him, he will provide for everything we need. Everything we need. Let's keep that verse in mind as we look at this verse on our, our refrigerator, on our steering wheel column, wherever you put it. Let's reflect on that and think about how we can put God above all that other stuff. All right, now as I was looking at this scripture here in Matthew 6, I came up with three simple truths. Three simple truths about our needs. 
that, that I want to speak to you this morning. The first one is this, and I want you to write it down if you can, or, or if something sticks out to you, could you just Facebook post it um, and say, this quote hit me, whatever, and, and share that with other people. But um, here's the first one, is God cares about our personal needs. Excuse me, that was good coffee this morning. <clears throat> God cares about our personal needs. Sometimes we feel like, what I said before, God doesn't care about our personal needs because, again, we don't have what we need. But I'm going to give you an illustration of this. There was somebody I grew up with, and they were in love with the idea of falling in love and getting married and all. And they were so mad at God, like, why don't I, why don't I have this yet? I want this now. And I was trying to tell them, hey, look, this verse, Matthew 6, it says, seek first the kingdom of God, and then everything else will follow. It'll take care of itself. He's like, no, 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 I'm mad at God. I want this. And... Um, as I was looking into this message, I found this quote by Oscar Wilde. It's, it's pretty hilarious. It's, it's, this is what it says about needs. He says that there are only two tragedies in life. One is not getting what one wants, and the other is getting it. <laughs> and so, man, some, some marriages, I mean, you know, people were, they were putting that first before the kingdom of God, and now they're just paying for it. I mean, dang. Ugh. So... Well, God does care. I'm here to tell you this morning, God does care about your personal needs. It, it, here's why he cares. Because he knows. He knows every single little detail of your needs intimately. King David, in Psalms 139, verses 1 through 6, he said, Oh, Lord, you have examined my heart. You know everything about me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You know my thoughts. Even when I'm far away, you see when I travel and when I rest at home, you know what? Everything I do, you know what I'm going to say even before I say it. Lord, you go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my hand, on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. Remember, Matthew chapter 6, right? What does it say at the very bottom there? In verse 32, it says, your heavenly Father already knows what you need. He knows it. God knows the intimate details of your life. And let me put this in perspective for you, uh, parents. How many parents we got in here? Okay, raise your hand. Great. This is a great illustration. Uh, when you have children, they're a source of joy, and it is fun watching them. They say the funniest things, but you love watching them and learning every specific detail, and you watch them when they get excited, when they see a certain toy, or you, you watch how they respond when a certain food is bought. My daughters get nuts when we have, my mom, my wife uh, makes homemade spetzle. My mom does too, but my wife makes better homemade spetzle. It's German dish too, man. I mean, she brings it. And my girls, they are little, little, little spetzle goblins, man. When they're like, spetzle, spetzle, spetzle. Every night, it's like we want spetzle, right? So we know, we know what makes them tick, what they desire, right? See what I'm getting at here? Come on now. Let me, let me talk to you who are single. Okay, when you're in a relationship, what do you do constantly? You watch that other person that you care about. Why? You want to learn about their needs. Why does a parent want to learn about their children's needs? Why does a significant other want to learn about your needs? Why? For the purpose of fulfilling those needs, amen? That's why God wants to know the intimate. He cares about the intimate details of what you need because he wants to fulfill them. 
Don't you think God feels that way about you? Even more so than a parent feels about their kid? Even more so than the love you have for a significant other? God wants to bless you. He wants to take care of you. He wants to take care of your needs. Psalms chapter 37, verse 4 through 5 says, and again, David says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you what? Your heart's desires. Commit everything to you to do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. God is telling you right here, That not only does he know your needs, but that he wants to give it to you. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. And I used to think, I used to think that God, what God wanted and what I wanted were two different things. But he knows He wired me up the way I am. He knew my passions, my desires. And let me tell you, no, this morning, I got to tell you, he knows you. He knows what makes you tick. He knows the things that you desire and the things that you need and the miracles you need in your life and that you don't even have yet, but he knows and they're on the way and God is good. He cares about the intimate details of your life and he wants to bless you. Can I get an amen this morning? All right? He wants to bless you. See, God wants to give us the desires of our heart. But he wants to know your motives. He wants to know your intent. See, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 28, it's a wisdom one. It's a wisdom nugget. And this is what it says about needs. The hopes of the godly, this is what it says. The hopes of the godly result in what? Happiness. But the what? expectations of the wicked come to nothing. So we have two things here, two opposing things, hope and expectations. Hope, there is a big difference. Hope is believing that a miracle is feasible, it's possible, it's believing that God has the ability to do it and that you're hoping that one day you're going to get that, right? Amen? And that was the situation I've been in the last couple months. I've been hoping for a miracle. I've been, I believe that that is possible and feasible, But on the other hand, there's that expecting, which has a twinge of entitlement, right, that we often see when we go shopping at Walmart, and you see people like decking the other guy over Elmo, and it's my Elmo, right? That's That's the entitlement. It's mine. You see... We are guilty as well, believers. I find myself doing this sometimes. God, why haven't I gotten that raise yet? You know I need it. You say in your word you're going to provide. Expectation, expecting, hoping, see the difference. Well, God, you know that Nimwit over there got the promotion. How, how the heck did that happen? You know I'm better for the job than they are. Right? Entitlement. God wants to see the intent of our heart. So let's take a review real quick here. Not only does God care and know the intimate need you have, you have but he wants to give it to you. Not only does he want to give it to you, but he wants you to have the right heart about it so he can give it freely, 
So he's not going to hold it back and say, no, your intentions are wrong. You're not ready yet. In fact, or maybe this will destroy you if I give it to you. So God cares. Again, three truths, three simple truths about our needs. One, God cares about our personal needs. He does. And, and, and you know why? Because he's still, he's still in the business of the miraculous. He's still the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, King David. You go down the list of the miracles and Moses and how he set his people free. I mean, that is the same God we serve the miraculous is amongst us. It's possible. It's feasible. It's real. Amen? Okay, second simple truth about our needs, too. God cares about you caring about others' needs. Yeah, he does. The problem is that too many of us are concerned about our own needs in this season, especially in Christmas, than the needs of others, Right? It's just natural. It's human nature. We kind of we just gravitate to that. You see, if we have eyes to see, if we just open our eyes up while we're going around shopping at Walmart, while we're going to Zippy's for a burger, when we go to, I don't know, Sears to get that flat screen TV, whatever it is, if we open our eyes to see, we will look and see, there, we'll discover those, those around us with needs, right? Acts chapter 20, verse 35, Jesus said, You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Guys, there there are people out there that don't have homes. They're out living in their cars. Their daddy's in prison. Well, they don't have parents. Or they're not getting one Christmas present this Christmas. But I promise you, that if you just do, if you open up your eyes a little bit to see the need, and then not only do you see it, but you do just one small act of kindness, one thing to just be a little miracle to someone else, I tell you what, you are going to feel more blessed than the best Christmas present you could get this whole year, in fact, your whole life. That feeling of fulfillment, of joy, of being a blessing to somebody else is going to rock you to the core. Can you imagine what would happen if the church as a whole, if the awakening, not just awakening, but every church in Maui said, you know what, for just a season here, we're going to, instead of worrying about our needs within this body here, we're going to look outside and we're going to look at the needs of those who are lost and broken and we're going to do something about it. We're going to feed some poor people. We're going to give some gifts away to some kids that don't have presents or, you know, you name it. What if we just did that for a season? Think about the change that would happen. Think about the, the life that would bring to the church on this island. It would be amazing. And far often enough, we, we, we don't do those things. I'm guilty of it. Our church is guilty of it. Every church is, well, some more than others, but everybody's guilty of it, right? We could change the world. Don't you want that? I want that. You know, I got a secret for you. It's the secret of walking the real walk. Not just saying I'm a Christian, but walking it. Having a pure and genuine faith. In God's eyes? No, I'll tell you what it is. It's 
found in God's words in James chapter 1, verse 27. It says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, not in the sight of man, but in the sight of God, is, means caring for the orphans and the widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Who around you is in distress? It's not just widows and orphans. I mean, the whole Bible, Old Testament, talks about a whole group of people who are marginalized and oppressed. Who around you is in distress? God's call is for us to care for them. We have a unique opportunity. It's really cool. I mean, the thing that uh, James and Sheila are doing with Operation Christmas, right? And it's incredible, Every year, for the last couple years, we've provided all the registered homeless children in Maui a Christmas present. You know how precious that is? I remember the first time, because we were so poor, the first time I got a Christmas present, I was, my mind was like, Pow. you have an opportunity to be that little miracle for someone. There's a sign-up sheet back there. Hey, you know what? If we don't have enough people to do it here, let's bring some home with us. And hey, coworker, do this. You'll feel good. Right? Again, because even just a little miracle, God cares. He's still in the business of the miraculous, the three truths about our needs, right? God cares about our personal needs, too. God cares about you caring about others' needs. And then finally, thirdly, God cares about the world's need of a Savior. This is the ultimate miracle. Guys, this is the part where we need to get excited. This is the part where the miracle that you need, that your parents need, that your coworker needs, that your schoolmate needs, that your in-laws need, that your outlaws need, that your neighbor's dog needs, we need and they need the miracle of salvation, the miracle that comes with the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what they need. This is what it's all about. This is what this Christmas season's all about. This scripture speaks about the coming of this miracle. Jesus, the Messiah, 700 years before he was even born. In the book of Isaiah, come on, get ready to get pumped. Get ready for the Spirit of God to fall on you right now. Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 through 7. Look, my servant, and this is God speaking of Jesus, whom I strengthen, he is my chosen one who pleases me. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring justice to the nations and he will not shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crash or crush the weakest reed but or put out a flickering candle. He will bring justice to all who have been wrong. He will not falter or lose heart until justice prevails throughout the earth. Even distant lands beyond the sea will wait for his instruction. To Jesus, God says, I, the Lord, have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. I will make you, or I'm sorry, I will take you by the hand and guard you, and I will give you to my people Israel as a symbol of the covenant with them. And you will be a light to guide the nations. You will open the eyes of the blind and you will free the captives from prison. You will release those who sit in dark dungeons. I get excited about this miracle. I get excited. My heart breaks for this miracle. Your brothers and sisters of the cross Remember, remember how it was to be broken. Remember how it was 
to be lost. Remember how it was to not have an advocate standing up for you, giving you justice when you were oppressed. Remember how it was when others gave up on you. Remember how it was to be in the darkness and not to be able to see. Remember how it was to be in bondage. We cannot forget that because when you were set free, you received a miracle that changed your life and the world is in desperate need of that miracle. But now you can see because you received your miracle, now you're free because you've been released. You have a protector who cares about you. Every little detail. He wants to provide for you. He wants to know the intentions of your heart. And because you've received that miracle, you've been set free. But what about your neighbor? The guy that you, you talk to every day, the, going in and out of your house and getting the mail. Have you given up on them receiving their miracle? I'm preaching to myself now. What about that coworker that needs to come to church and get reconnected with God because they've been far from him. They haven't been going. They've lost their way. They've been disenchanted and they just need a touch from God. What about them? It's your opportunity to be the miraculous hand of God in their lives. It's your opportunity. God's still in the business of the miraculous. He still is. Some churches say and preach that there is no longer miracles. There's no longer gifts. I believe that's not true. God's still alive today. He's still very active. What can you do about it? Here's a couple things I want to challenge you to do, okay? This is your assignment. You ready? You got your pen? Are you going to remember it? How many are good members? Memory or memory of people? Okay, good. How many of you just have to write it down because you're like, wow, out the door, okay? All right, so write this down. Burn it in your mind. Two assignments, okay? First one is invite someone to church, I don't care how dysfunctional and broken this church is. Some people need to receive their miracle. Amen? Amen? God can still do a work in this church. We need to be actively reaching out to those who are lost. By the way, they're only going to come most likely statistically because you invite them. All right? It's not going to be a radio ad. Okay, well, maybe it'll help and maybe it'll get a couple people. But people need a personal invitation. And how many times does it need to be invited before they come? Seven times on average, sometimes more, because some people are just a little bit like, oh, like I just went to this terrible church a long time ago, and I just, I've been scarred for life, okay? Well, just encourage them. Hey, bring them to that winter wonderland thing, all right? So invite somebody. The second thing is I want you to get on your social media and tag the Awakening Church, Maui, or, you know, do that location thing on here. But I want you to, I want you to be bold and be unashamed, and I want you to tell the world, what miracle you're believing God for, what miracle that you need. And it kind of makes you vulnerable because it kind of shows a little bit of something you're going through, something you're struggling with, or, you know, you know even just to look like you need something to others. Don't worry about that. This is time to be a Christ follower, all right? Get on your social media. Put the miracle that you are believing God for. And then also what I want you to do is, one step further, 
is ask your friends, what miracle can I be praying for you for? Dude, you're going to get, and put it in the comment box and watch it fill. And I want you to pray for those miracles. Okay? This is going to be fun. All right? Um, hashtag Awakening Church Maui, or just do one of the location, the things on it. All right? Or you can even tag the, what's your miracle graphic? Okay? We have those on our Facebook page and everything else. Do that, and let's watch God work. Okay? We're going to be believing for a miracle, because at the end of this series, we're going to be asking you, how has God worked? What miracle have you received? And sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes people get immediately responded to. Some of you guys don't have your miracles because you haven't asked. I just got that word from God. Some of you aren't even asking. Come on. Better ask somebody. All right. All right, now, I'm going to close with this. I believe it, that God answers prayers. I got so much evidence of it in my life. I have my children and my wife in this beautiful church, people who love me, people who encourage me. And over and over again, multiple times I should have been dead. Multiple times I should have given up on my faith. God intervened. He gave me a miracle. And I've seen it in your stories. In your stories. In your stories. I've seen the miraculous. Don't forget it, what he's done, because it's going to make you excited about asking for what you really feel like you need, okay? Remember those miracles, because then it makes you getting excited when you start praying. That hope that we're talking about comes alive, right? Not the entitlement, but the hope, because the entitlement is the bitterness that we didn't get it, right? The hope comes alive, and hope is what carries us through to the next day. All right? We're going to bow our heads and close our eyes. We're going to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for, oh gosh, you're so good to us. We're, right now, in the top of our minds as we're praying, we're thinking about that miracle that we've already received. The biggest one in our life. It's right there. And we want to take a moment right now and say thank you, Father. Thank you for answering that prayer. If you're in here this morning and, man, you are in need of a miracle, you're in need of the miraculous, could be your health, could be provision, could be a relationship that's, that, that, that's special someone that you want to spend your rest of your life, I don't care what it is, I want you to take a step of faith this morning with everybody eyes closed heads bowed you're believing for a miracle maybe you haven't gotten it yet maybe you've let go of it because you thought it was impossible and maybe God wants to bring that alive in you again but if that's you this morning you're like I'm going to be bold and I'm going to I'm going to start asking God for this miracle would you be courageous would you raise your hand not anybody look around God bless you God bless you God bless you wow good God bless you God bless you awesome God bless you awesome Heavenly Father, we just pray for right now, we're, we're laying these miracles at your feet that we actually need, not the ones that you've already done, but the one that we need. And we remember the ones we, that you've done to give us faith and hope that you can give us what we need. 
You know about every little detail, about even the smallest ones. Because your desire is to give them to us. Help us to have the right heart. Help us to have hope instead of entitlement. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing here at the awakening. I'm just going to throw it out there right now. My miracle is that you would rock this church. We step into a new chapter that you would just rock our worlds. Father, you would show us how you're in the business of redeeming. Father, we thank you that your mercy is due every morning. And continue to pray here. You know, there's, there's some of you. You're at a place in your life where maybe you haven't experienced the miracle of salvation yet. You haven't given your heart to Jesus because it, you know, for whatever reason, maybe something happened to you in the past where it causes you to doubt, where it caused you to let go a little bit of your faith and you lost your way. But today, you want to, for the first time, or even just as a rededication, you want to get your life back on track with God. Because the hopelessness and, and the darkness that comes with not having him and his miracles in your life, it's, it's not working. We're not created to live that way. If you want to give God a shot, what I want to challenge all of us to do is we want to say a prayer out loud, verbally. It's a sinner's prayer. It's real simple. It's just an invitation to surrender our lives to God. Now, what's the important part of this prayer isn't the the words you say or the special order you say it in. It's the issue of, again, the heart, your intent. God wants to know that your hope, that you set your hope on him. And this is the word you say. If everybody can all pray this out loud together so nobody feels left out, you say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Oh, I I know I'm a sinner. (laughs) I, I know I'm not perfect. But I believe that you died on the cross. And you paid the price for my sin, which is death, the physical death, a spiritual death. But you paid that price so that I could be free. Jesus, I believe you're Lord. And I want you to be the Lord of my life for the first time or again. <laughs> Thank you for saving me. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Continuing to pray with our eyes closed. If you rededicated your life, if you just decided right now in this moment to get your life back on track with God and give him another shot, or if you gave your heart to Jesus for the first time, would you be courageous without anybody looking around? Would you raise your hand so I can thank God for you? Anybody in here this morning? God bless you. I see your hand. Good, good. God bless you. I see your hand. That's awesome. Good. God's moving. Amen. Well, Lord, we commit this time to you. We thank you for it. We're excited. We come in expectation. What you're going to do this month. And right now, we just want to worship you. We're going to worship with the heart of remembering what you have already done in our lives. And so as we worship here, guys, just just lay it on the the line. Say, God, you're good.